0: Hello there, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crundwell,
1: and I am the better host, Tab London. This
0: bitch, you—I had to. It's been a while. It's spend... been so long. You were on last week. You could have, you could have done it then.
1: <laughs> it wasn't last week, was it? Was it? Yeah, we did
0: the game last week. Oh didn't my god! I, I have
1: to tell you. Yeah, you're right. No, er, no, no, no. It was Newgrounds last week.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was about to say telling time in the midst of a semester is a little. It little, is a little wild uh, normally, but it, every time I come back to the podcast, I feel like it's been like an entire month.
0: <laughs> I know like with with class stuff, it's easier because you remember things in terms of the class, so you're like, oh well, mm-hmm. yeah, that was when we were doing this paper or something right. like that, but in personal life, like you have to try to compare them and it's it just never matches up so that is that is weird but um to, di- to so I guess we should give a preview on what our main topic is, which is spooky games mm-hmm. because We're recording this on September 30th, which means tomorrow is October 1st, which is
1: October. I know there's
0: an argument that people make that like every day is Halloween. Like Halloween is year round. Spooky time is year round. I love horror. I love spooky time. But. But.
1: There's something to be said for October 1st. Yeah. Like. Yep. Yes.
0: Because I think. It is the season. Yeah. I'll watch horror movies in July or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's something about that because there's summer thunderstorms outside, but like when outside starts looking like a horror movie, when the leaves start falling and the colors start it changing, feeling and like are it. dying, yeah, then it, yeah, definitely it feels like you're more kind of immersed, so, um, so yeah, so we want to talk about horror games, spooky games, mm-hmm. scary games, whatever you want to call them, but before we get there, a few points of business. One of the things is I don't, we don't normally do this, but I have a tiktok account to recommend um Mm -hmm. i'm slightly obsessed with tiktok as i think many people are now it's only slightly (laughs) you sign in you're like 35 videos from one person how's this it's it's normally like 100 that's okay well that's when you don't (laughs) sign in for a while but is it it's not i mean no way i don't send that many anyways i think i might have sent you one (laughs) from this guy And he he made me he makes me think of you a lot when I see his videos, and I think I might have sent you the very first one that I ran across. But the reason I'm going to recommend him to our listeners as well, if they are on TikTok, is because he has sort of a slightly retro video game angle as well. So the account name is Old Time Hockey. I think it's Hockey or Hawkeye. Um, Okay. And. Essentially, it's this guy who's from the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, one reminder Mm -hmm. of you. And he seems like he's pulled straight from like 1982 or something because the inside of his house, I think it's his house, is very like there's wood paneling and there's like wooden statues of like deer. It's this Mm -hmm. very like rustic, rural, like cabin in the woods kind of feeling. Okay. And it's like I'm going to let you
1: continue but I have questions. Okay.
0: And it's like low lighting, so like he has these like lamps and it just mm-hmm. feels very retro and cozy and his whole thing is he talks to you in this like deep kind of soft voice and he has this very northern accent so he will be like, "Hey there, buddy. Thanks for coming. I heard you're kind of down lately, so I thought Aww. I'd help you make your my, my one of my favorite grilled cheese sandwiches." First what you're going <laughs> to do is you're going to get some cheese. It could be whatever. I'm using cheddar. And it's this very like relaxing <laughs> cadence and like sound to his this tone to his voice. And yeah. so he'll walk you through making this very basic grilled cheese. And again, it's all very like midwestern comfort food kinds of things. And some of them he'll mm-hmm. make inside. Some of them he'll make outside in the woods and like with a campfire with like his dog. He has a dog that pops Aww. in and he'll be like, Oh, there's my best buddy. And like <laughs> I it's very like charming. And then he'll be like, at the end of every meal that I've seen so far, he'll be like, so then you got your nice grilled cheese sandwich and a couple of pops, and you sit down with your N64 Zelda, and it'll show like this old CRT with like an old retro game.
1: Oh my god, I love it. Yeah,
0: I think you'll like it. It's very charming, and if you like retro games, it's weird. It feels like a weird memory that I have hidden deep inside of going to this like favorite uncle's house. Back when Aww. I was like seven years old or something, it's really mm-hmm. it's really cool. What are your so uh, questions?
1: Well, okay, so you said that he reminds you of me. Um, so what I'm hearing is that I'm charming, rustic, and I have a soft voice. And
0: you have a huge <laughs> mustache. He has a big mustache. So I think that's another right, thing. right. Clearly, that's what it is. Um, no, um, there's certain things like he he loves hockey, which you know I'm not a I'm not a huge hockey fan, but it's the okay. yeah, it's the it's the Michigan thing. It's the mm-hmm. like rural. Kind of like, um, it's not really rural culture. It's different. It's like foresty kind of culture that Mm -hmm. I think you're a big fan of. Mm -hmm. Um, He likes camping and like being outside with his dog and like nature and cooking things with like very basic ingredients and stuff. And so that all kind of reminds me of like, you know, the life that you would kind of like to live, if I'm wrong.
1: No, I would love to have all of my video games and internet out in the woods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely recommend checking him out. Another thing I love. So his the account again is at old time hockey, h a w k e y, and his he has an email address that you can contact him, and it's redwingsuper717 at aol oh <laughs> That's
1: so Michigan <laughs> at aol
0: <laughs> <laughs> <com>. Like what? <laughs> I swear, there's like this is he's not even living now. He actually made all these videos back in 1984. Someone just uploaded yeah. them. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. well, that sounds delightful. Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth worth checking out. Um, we don't have a lot of news. I didn't honestly. I, didn't, I wasn't. I've been really busy, as I know you have as well. So mm-hmm. I didn't do my normal kind of like news site scouring to see if there was anything interesting. The only thing that caught my eye was the Donkey Kong expansion for the Mario Park, the Universal Studios Mario Park in Japan. Have you heard about this? No. It. So we talked last week about the Nintendo Direct and the Mario casting and all that stuff. That was its own thing. But there's this uh, Universal Studios Super Nintendo World in Japan. And I've seen a lot of videos. It was The opening of it was delayed by COVID and all that kind of stuff. But okay. it looks very cool. Lots of cool Mario stuff, but it's very Mario centric. Well, apparently they're working on an expansion that's going to come in 2024, which I think once upon a time that sounded like impossibly far in the future. Right. <laughs> and now it's like, that's next week, oh, basically. Oh, just a few years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: but it's going to be Donkey Kong themed. And according to them, it's going to increase the park's footprint by about 70%. So it's going to be like a massive expansion. Uh, It says there's going to be a roller coaster.
1: 70%. Yeah,
0: that's huge. Um, There's going to be some kind of water-themed feature. They don't know what that is, if it's going to be like a pool or just like a, you know, maybe one of those water rides, like a log ride kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, Donkey Kong-themed food and interactive events and stuff like that. But the fact that they're expanding so quickly and that much is... Number one, kind of surprising and impressive. Like, that's that's got to be expensive. But number two, like, oh, yeah. man, can you imagine in the future, 20 years down the line, if they're still, which I hope they're still in business, you know, mm-hmm. um, what it's going to look like, how many more expansions are there going to be? Yeah. Because, like, I'm wondering if they're trying to model it after Disney, which they're not afraid of expansions either. They acquired Star Wars and they were like, boom, here's this yeah. big, giant yeah, Star Wars true. expansion. So, mm-hmm. um. Are you interested in that if they opened one in the US in let's say Florida would you make the the pilgrimage there
1: I would go with friends Yeah me <laughs> Yeah
0: okay all right (laughs) you gotta check yeah
1: i I would go with joey crundwell like i'd Uh,
0: find someone i don't know who would be interested in going to a nintendo park (laughs) uh,
1: i do have other friends but uh, (laughs) (laughs) prove it do (laughs) i Mm? Mm? um uh yeah no that would be especially fun if you just like totally nerded out and rounded up you know the the geeky uh peeps and visited a place like that
0: yeah i've never been to Universal Studios, i never been to Disney World, so me If I was going to go to one of these big theme parks, it would be a video game theme. I want to, right? like, Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's an investment. Those those trips oh, yeah. are really expensive. So, um, and it's also
1: hard to imagine stuff like that right now, considering
0: COVID. But yeah, 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 and it keeps resurging, and stupid Delta variant, yeah. you know. But... Like I
1: feel like I'm taking a risk going to a zoo this weekend.
0: Yeah, but the animals are gonna. <laughs> They're okay. going to cough all over me. <laughs> I got COVID from a penguin. Oh, geez. <laughs> Um. So, I, like I said, I know we've both been pretty busy, but what have you been mm-hmm. playing lately?
1: I have been playing Phasmophobia with mm-hmm. my other friend, Joey Cronwell. Um, <laughs> now you have to actually, mention I, me
0: every time you mention a friend. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I feel like I shouldn't say too much about it because that's part of what I'm going to talk about today. Yeah. For the feature. Um, but other than that, I uh i've been playing microsoft flight sim because i finally got my xbox and i've had my other friend joey cronwell (laughs) teach me how to fly and land and things like that nice Um, guy it's i know it's just very (laughs) there's a lot of joeys in my life and they're all just stand up (laughs) gentlemen uh but no that like it's it's the whole reason why i tend to love sims you get to go into something that's relatively realistic usually. Um, and with Microsoft Flight Sim, that's definitely how it is. And then you just like, you're chilling in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Like coming home and like, maybe I don't have a ton of time or maybe I feel like I want to play a video game, but I know that mentally it'll be kind of like draining or I won't be able to put like myself fully into it. Right. And so to load up a Sim and just like coast around for a little bit and then maybe crash land um perfectly relaxing so <laughs> yeah
0: And i think there I, I actually now that i think about it there was i don't even know if it was a news story in and of itself but people were pointing out that the upcoming i think it's upcoming unless it just came out but the um the pre-orders for the gas station simulator uh, were outselling on steam i think it was on steam Were outselling death stranding director's cut <laughs>
1: are you serious yeah and i was like oh my god i'm not super
0: surprised because like when i think of like death stranding i don't think oh no that's a game i want to play on pc or on my on steam or something but a simulator like simulators are huge on steam i think that's the kind of game that you just buy on a whim because you're like yeah that seems relaxing you know death stranding not relaxing but um i'm
1: gonna have to pre-order that and then also get the um I never picked up that uh, lawn mowing
0: sim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that I'm, I'll be curious to hear more about because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right that shit's right fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What have you been playing?
0: I have been playing. Well, before that, I just want to say about Microfost. 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 Hmm. Yep. <sighs> Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> Um, that I love that it's so scalable because I was really worried when I went into it that it would be mm-hmm. too much because like you said, what I do is I turn most of the assists on so that it is relaxing once you get into the air. Um, but when I didn't have them on, man, it wasn't really. I get up there and I'm like so proud of myself, and then it's like meh, meh, meh. I'm like, what? What is, <laughs> what is screaming at now? you? Yeah. So I like that that you can you can make it sort of care mostly carefree and kind of easygoing. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted to be more hardcore and really pay attention and constantly be adjusting your gauges and checking stuff, you can do that as well. Um, I have been also doing a flight here and there in Microsoft Flight Sim. I've been chipping away at Loop. I died for the first time last week. I think it was last week I talked about being really careful in that game and how it makes me super conscious about death. And I had not Mm -hmm. died at all. And I died for the first time. And then in quick succession, I died twice more. So I lost my progress. And it almost made me give it up. I was almost like, well, forget this. And then I kind of checked it. And I was like, well, I didn't really lose that much progress. So I've been sticking with it. It's just, um, just haven't really had the time. But I think I'm pretty far. I haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm, like, going to look up a guide. Because there was a part of me that was like, oh, man, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. I want to kind of just get through it. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm in it enough still that I'm like trying to make it through on my own, you know, abilities. But uh, yeah, I'll hopefully I'll finish it soon because again, there's so many games. Death Stranding Directory. There's stuff coming uh, out, man. Tales of Arise, October eighth is huge. There's Metroid Dread and yeah, October seventh. Far Cry, yeah. Far Cry. A bunch of big games coming out, so I gotta I gotta get through it. But um, we played Dead. Dead by Daylight for the first time with yeah. our friends. Uh well Amy and Russell were gonna join. The us, other Joeys. The other Joeys. Joey B, Joey C, Joey D. Um <laughs> Amy Joey and Russell Joey, but they weren't <laughs> able to um they were they had started downloading it, but it did the thing where it like let them play. Yeah, the said it was, was like being,
1: ready to play,
0: but right. it's like Yeah, so they, they weren't able to join us, but me, you and Paul were playing and mm-hmm. it was fun. I think I wish that the the custom matches that we were playing were more customizable. Ironically, yeah, enough.
1: you can't add bots. Like right. that confuses me because the tutorials have bots.
0: Yeah, and you can pay, play with bots on the mobile version, but you can't you yeah. can't on the console version. So. so I'm
1: a little confused by that.
0: But yeah, or because it's hard when
1: there's only three of you, because then there's two survivors, and you're basically fucked.
0: Yeah, it takes a long could, time to fix a generator
1: oh, yeah, so long. So that stuff isn't even, like, adjustable, Mm -hmm. which is also strange.
0: Yeah, because that that would be the thing, is, like, if there's two people, then, again, when the killer catches one of them, they can basically just camp around the victim until the other person tries to save them or just wait Mm -hmm. until they die. But then the other person has to fix all the generators by themselves, and it's just... It's too hard, and so hopefully when Amy and and or Russell uh, are able to join us, it'll be better. But it was still fun. I loved being the killer...
1: Maybe we just need to be like real gamers, you know?
0: Yeah, just suck it up. Just just fucking do get it. Get good,
1: get good, noob.
0: Um, <laughs> but but it was fun. I had bought some of the DLC in one of the big PlayStation sales, so I had really, I had a lot of fun yeah. being like Freddy and Nemesis. I and love Head. Ghostface. Like, yeah, he he, a little yeah. saucy little speed demon, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. very speedy. Um. But yeah, so I do look forward to playing that that more. Uh, but I also have been playing Phasmophobia, which, like you said, we can talk about more when we get to the spooky time. But I'll add before then that I've been playing with my students. So I have a technical writing class and I put out a call mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, if anyone wants to play, let me know. We can set up a group. And I'd never done that before with students. Um, but because I was asking them to write instructions for a video game, I thought maybe it would help out. And, and plus, it might just be fun, be sort of like a reading group, you know, like. Liter- literature professors might do like a after school reading group kind of thing. Right. I thought it would be like that. And we played for the first time together with all four of us recently this past week. And it was a lot of fun because when we were playing before. It was like we were having trouble matching up our schedules. So it was like, you know, two of us here kind of thing. I think we played with three of us at one point and it was fun. Um, but like having all four of us on there and the kind of the kind of chaos that goes on because Mm -hmm. phasmophobia is a a lot about communication and kind of coordinating your efforts um but we have three people that are new and one of the things i loved was it was reminding me so much of how we were when we first played and how much we didn't know you know because there were things that we just we didn't have a good we got killed a lot early and it was because we didn't have a good sense of like how much our sanity drains while we're in the dark and so we would be in there forever and like we'd be walking around like where's the ghost hey ghost and then it would hunt and we'd be like why does it keep killing us and it's like but now I almost feel like we know it too well like I wish we could erase our brains a little bit because we have that that pattern down where we go in and we have just this like sixth sense of like Mm -hmm. it's about time we need to go out you know what I mean but it's fun playing with them because I try not to be too like don't do this do that do that I try to give tips but like let them have that same experience that we did of not knowing fully what to do. That so you let the them fear. mess
1: up and panic and
0: Yeah, die and... we did the asylum. They all died. And I was like,
1: That's beep, hilarious. Beep,
0: took off. got <laughs> the money. I tried to kill. I tried to let the ghost kill me. And then I was like, wait, if I die, they don't get anything. So I was like, well, you know what? Let me, I'll survive. I'll take one for the team and drive away to safety. <laughs>
1: how how <laughs> kind of you. <laughs>
0: Uh, but no, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much it. So should we talk about our our feature, Spooky Time?
1: Well, that's a perfect little segue into it. it so
0: let's do it. Let's do it. So we're gonna be talking about we we, we called it in our notes just Spooky Time, uh, but we're gonna be yeah. talking about like memories that we have with horror games, some of our favorite horror games. We didn't want it to be too like just listy, where it's like here's our favorite games, the scariest games. So we're talking about sort of a broad range. We're going to be talking about what makes a good horror game that might be a good place to start, our spooky setups, how we consume them, all that kind of good stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, let's start with what... No, no, no. Before we start with that, let's talk about our setups because we are both we both trying to really get into it and, like, change mm-hmm. our environment when we play these games. Yes. So, how are you doing that? Okay.
1: So, I have the um, downstairs... Where I have like my my media center, uh, I have my, my consoles, obviously, and I have LED lights on the back of the TV. Yeah. And so like, I'll turn it on to either like red or orange, <laughs> and especially at night. I feel like the neighbors are probably like, what the hell is this red glow <laughs> coming from this house? Um, but it's a great way to, for me to set like the atmospheres that the mood or the tone um, so that's what I do when I'm like playing on the PS5 or the Xbox. Um, although I haven't played any spooky games on the Xbox yet. And then upstairs, like where I'm at right now at my PC, um, I have a gaming PC and I set the lights. They're like set to orange right now. And then I very recently got a new um, keyboard. I wanted something that had a little more customization with the, the RGB. And so I got a, um, a ROCAT Magma. Mm. keyboard and i was showing you some pictures and there's a number of different like patterns and stuff but essentially when we're playing phasmophobia i have it set to like the orange is red (laughs) (laughs) because that's halloween to me um the colors anyway and then other than that like especially when we play phasmophobia i really like to get in the the zone so i have my um headset on so i can really pick up on the environmental sounds and then where i'm at in the office space in the turret i always make sure that i have the blackout blinds turned or pulled down because it has to be dark right it has to be dark and spooky and quiet so that's like basically how i get into it um and i know before we or i think we talked about like gaming snacks and stuff like that or like you asked me a question
0: no we, um, we didn't i was mad i meant to ask when we were doing the oh, food episode okay. i was gonna ask what's your favorite food snack but i never i never or gaming okay, snack. Okay. i never got around to it
1: maybe we just talked about it afterward yeah. or something but anyways especially if i'm playing something spooky i need like a little bit of comfort mm-hmm. so i make sure that like i have a drink and like <laughs> some sort of little snack um, cause like sometimes I'll, when I, when we're playing fast and I go to the truck, I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at the cameras and I am. And then I'm like, and I'm going to grab my peanut butter pretzels. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good time for chocolate. Yeah.
1: But, but other than that, I just like being cozy and I try to make the environments, um, conducive to just like paying attention with, uh, spooky games because obviously they're out there to terrify you. So got
0: to be ready. And part of it is that we both have we both live in old Victorian houses. so yes. that immediately it's not like a choice that we made but you know for spooky time but that right. immediately adds to it. Uh, and so for me I have this big house with these like high ceiling I don't have the I don't own the house I'm renting half of yeah. it but um, these high ceilings, these big windows, I have black curtains which automatically makes it a little spooky. Um, and then I have the galaxy light thing that was sort of a kind of a hit on TikTok. And then I started noticing a lot of streamers on Twitch have it as well, because I think it's this really bright, you know, light, uh, and there's like lasers to make it look like there are stars and you can, you can customize the color. So there comes with four colors, but you can combine two of them. So you can have like a blue, I think the default is blue and then the, the stars are, are yellow, um, and that's sort of I like that a lot. That's kind of why I bought it. Um, but lately, I've been sort of experimenting. And then when we were going to play Phasmophobia one night, I was like, "Well, I haven't I haven't tried just red." And I put that on, and it looks super cool. And especially on the high ceilings, yeah. it looks very creepy. And so when I watch horror movies and when I play these horror games, I'm I'm full on like red clouds above my head. It looks very very cool. And then like you said, I I have snacks. I recently bought a bunch of. Um, Halloween blankets like throw blankets at at well it doesn't matter where I bought them we're not being sponsored by Coles um but uh <laughs> uh our friend Amy had gotten some and I saw them and I was like oh and there was this big sale so I went out and got like a bunch I have like a cool spooky black cat one and an orange Halloween one and they're very very cool uh but yeah like you said it's all about comfort and like darkness and um when it when it starts getting when the leaves start falling more and it starts getting really windy, hearing leaves blow on the street is always really yes. atmospheric as well. But um, with that said, let's talk about what makes a good horror game to us subjectively. Like what, Right. there are many different kinds of horror games. So what are the types of horror games that you gravitate toward and, and why do you like that kind?
1: Well, It's hard for me to talk about this without talking about how I like
0: consume consume them.
1: them, but I'll try to be somewhat general. Um, I love horror that is environmental or like environmental based. So obviously there are many different ways that you can like do horror on a narrative level, but I love if it's like a small town setting, maybe a little bit rural, like cabin in the wood kinds of of movies are the kinds of stuff that I gravitate towards because there's that idea of like isolation and seclusion and like small community if there's anyone around and I also think that there's something that can be um horrific about like natural elements not that I think nature is inherently scary but like if you've ever been walking in the woods when it's dark and you're alone like there's something deeply unsettling about that. So does that answer the question?
0: I think so. Is that... I think, I yeah. mean, we, we could just blend it with the way that we consume them. So so how do you consume them and how does that affect the kind that you gravitate toward?
1: Yeah. So back in the day, when before I had consoles um, and all I had at the time was just like my laptop that I had for school. Um, I really got sucked into YouTube let's plays and so I watched so many different games being played and horror let's plays in particular were really popular at the time and I think they're they're still really popular um, but I watched let's plays of like Amnesia, The Dark Descent, um numerous indie games that I can't even tell you the names of because yeah. there were just so many of them and a lot of them were like pretty obscure um so I, I mostly turned to watching other people play horror games. And in part that was like, because I didn't have access to those things, but then also scary games are scary. And I don't like playing them typically. Um, I, I It's so much easier to sit and watch someone play the thing because then I don't have to make the decisions. Because if I'm like anxious or nervous because of the game, it's so much harder for me to make decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And some games I think are just too scary for me to like primarily participate in if that makes sense because i view if you're watching someone play a game that that is participation because you're still experiencing the narrative uh-huh. you're just not getting the peripheral sensation or the peripheral dis- um experience of having to make decisions and do something physical right yeah. uh so you can still experience the narrative and the story and get a lot out of the game in the much way that you could we could sit together and watch a movie right and have similar experiences anyways um so i like the stories and there mm-hmm. is something fun about being scared but it's hard for me to juggle the being scared and then being able to like progress through the story at the same time right <laughs> so i prefer to watch even to this day like whenever there's like a resident evil game i'm like my friend Joey Dragwell, can I watch you? <laughs> and the PS5's great for that, right? Yeah, it makes it so um, easy. I hope all consoles do that. Like that is amazing to me. But, anyways, um, if if we were uh, like let's say there was a big horror game coming out and we were like gonna hang out for the weekend, I'd be like, let's sit down, I wanna watch you play this. Like that to me is very fun and entertaining. Um, so that's mostly how I consume horror games, but there are some games that I have played, uh for example, I'm pulling up my my handy dandy list. <laughs> uh, obviously we've talked about Phasmophobia, which we can chat about some more. Um, Until Dawn.
0: Yeah. I played through
1: that game. I don't think I played through it as many times as you, because I know you got platinum, but I think I played through it at least two, three, or yeah, I think definitely three-ish times. Um maybe not four, but I really liked that game. But here's why I'm able to stick with some horror games if the narrative really pulls me yeah and it also depends on what do i actually have to do to be successful at the horror game because that will determine if i'm actually gonna like be able to like tamp down my anxiety and like do the things until dawn is mostly walking around and hitting prompts Uh i don't know that there's like i don't want to say that you don't need to have skill to play it but it's not like a high skill game um I consider the the um, Telltale games, The Walking Dead, to be kind of horror games. But again, it's walking around, making decisions. Right. Uh, I did try playing The Evil Within 2. It was too scary. <laughs>
0: wow. So, and you it was, recommended it to me. It I still haven't much. played it. Yeah. I
1: know. I'll watch you play, but I'm not <laughs> playing that. Um, but that's, that's kind of my... Uh, of my story like I'll think oh I could do this cuz I get excited and then I get the game and I'm like no fuck I can't do this. So I kind of <laughs> stopped buying horror games. Um the last big one that I bought and maybe we'll disagree on the sort of genre classification, but I think there's a certain horror element to like The Last of Us Part 2 and I played through oh, I don't know, more than halfway, halfway through that game. And it was just a matter of I wasn't in the right, like, mental, emotional place to finish it. Well, that But it was so compelling that I could have and I could return to
0: it. Right. Well, that game's is interesting because there's a lot of narrative and drama that goes on outside of the horror stuff like that's where mm-hmm. the focus is for those games. It's not really the horror. If I told right. someone that that was a quote unquote zombie game because there are these clickers that are basically like yeah. zombies, that's not untrue that's totally fair so i do think that it's a horror game it's a zombie-like game post-apocalyptic zombie-like game right um but if you're going into it expecting it for that to be the focus that to be the draw that's actually more of like a side thing right it's It's not
1: back for blood
0: right yeah exactly and then and or yeah or like dead island or dying light or something like that Mm -hmm. where like the focus is like the post-apocalyptic battling the zombies but it's like it's, but it's hard, though, because that game is so draining because the those clicker battles are so tense. Like, yeah. they're, they're so good at designing levels where it's hard because the game absolutely punishes you for going fast and loud. You have to sort of stealth it up, and that ratchets up the tension. So you go through these really tense areas, and then when you're done, there's this sense of relief, like, oh, phew, and then you have to engage in this very dramatic draining emotional story and you're like well where do i where do i win is there like somewhere in this game that i what's my you know chocolate break equivalent you know
1: yeah it doesn't really let up um but i think the last thing i want to say before i turn it over to you is there are some games that i find absolutely terrifying and i do stick with them so a good example of that was you brought up dying light and like i'm excited for whenever dying light 2 is actually going to (laughs) release but here's the thing It was, it's kind of a shooter to a certain extent, right? Big-ish kind of sort of open world, and I get to play it with someone. Yeah. So if I have my friend Joey Cronwell holding (laughs) my hand, I can do it.
0: (laughs) I think, and okay, so that gets us back to actually the different types of horror games, because Mm -hmm. that game is absolutely a horror game. There are zombies, you're killing them, it's scary, but it's so much more about like the visceral nature of it and like the action of it. Uh, I think the same thing about uh, state of decay 2. We played that together. Yeah. That's a zombie game. It's a very classic zombie game. There's big packs of, you know, shuffling zombies. They can run and all that stuff, but, and there's different zombie types and it's very traditional in the sense that you're doing what you would imagine you would be doing in a zombie apocalypse, which is finding resources and trying to survive um but again so much of it is about the action of it about the escaping and the fighting mm-hmm. and the planning and all that stuff and so
1: the base building
0: yeah it's like a f- i i keep thinking i don't know why but the term visceral horror came comes to mind because it's so much okay. of about the that intense terror and not so much about the atmosphere so that's that's where i sort of I have two broad categories of like visceral action horror like dying light state of decay dead island um and then the atmospheric horror of like you said i guess i would say phasmophobia is pretty is one of them it's almost all atmospheric yeah um uh layers of fear that kind of thing where it's more just about exploring an environment and you get creeped out by the sounds and the Mm -hmm. setting and all that kind of stuff and there's some that mix like resident evil i think is a great example because The early Resident Evils, I I would put more in the class. I think they lean more heavily into the atmospheric because it's about putting you in an environment that you're going to be in for a while. You're going to be in this big mansion or you're going to be in this police station. And there's a big emphasis on music and sound. And there are zombies that are like behind windows that can't get to you, so you're creeped out. And there are set pieces, like action set pieces, where you get attacked by dogs or something. But those puncture the atmosphere Whereas, like, starting with Resident Evil 3, it they get more and more toward that, like, visceral action horror because you're constantly doing things that are fighting or button mashing or whatever to try to survive. Right. Um, and I feel like Resident Evil Village blends those two really well because it makes you stay in certain areas like the house, you know, the, the infamous baby house, I guess I would call it or, you know, or like the the castle or the village. They make you stay there for a while and there is there are there are a lot of like big stretches where it's silent and quiet and atmospheric, but then there's also a number of times when things are chasing you and you know you're scared and stuff. So yeah, I I think um, I think you said something about like we might disagree about the genre. I, I think no, I don't think so. I think there are a lot of games like The Last of Us where if if it was on like the top ten horror list or something, I might be a little bit like, well, but it's horror. Yeah, there's definitely horror elements and stuff. It's just the focus with that one is a little bit more on the drama, but it's it's there. Yeah. There's the elements. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's one of those examples where the genres kind of blended a little bit, which
0: is yeah. totally fine. And to go back to what you were saying about the streaming thing, I think I would love to see if anyone has studied the impact of streaming on indie horror, because <laughs> I feel like indie horror has sort of exploded because of streaming. Streamers are constantly consuming games. They're playing for them. They're playing them for hours a day, so they go through them quickly.
1: Well, that's why phasmophobia
0: blew up, right? There's a Twitch, market for you that. You can't,
1: you can't deny that that had an impact on the sales.
0: And there are so many people like yourself that like prefer to watch people play horror games. They'll play plenty of other games, but playing horror games, there's anxiety and tension. And I even have some of those games, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, um. A lot of my students will be like, oh, I love horror games. And I'll be like, oh, what's your favorite? And then they they feel almost embarrassed. They're like, oh, well, I mean, I don't play them. I watch people play. And I'm like, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more than any other genre, it's horror games. People will play platformers. They'll play, you know, adventure games and stuff like that. But <laughs> horror games, I think a lot of us have that thing where it's like, well, if you hand me the controller, then my I can't handle it. Like my anxiety is just there's too, too much, you know. So, yeah,
1: like when I think of a game like um, Outlast.
0: Yes, that's my example. No fucking way.
1: Nope. Mm-mm.
0: That's that's <laughs> my example. I tried to play both of them. I the first game sounded right up my alley. Like you're you're going into this like old shut down like mental institution, which is a it's a trope and a stereotype and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But um, and you're you're an investigative reporter. You don't have any weapons, so you can't fight. But things. Are there reports that things are, are, you know, hurting people or killing people in there? And of course there are, and there are people that chase you. I couldn't really handle it. And I don't know if it was that I tried to play it at a time that my anxiety was really high, but I gave up like three times. I tried to play the game like three times and I, I just, and part of it is that. I think it it doesn't do the atmospheric part of it very well. Um Hmm. The second one looks better. I haven't tried the second one, to be fair. But the trailer for the second one looked a lot more atmospheric. But I think then I remember hearing people say it's basically the same kind of thing. It's a lot of running around and hiding. Um, And there was something about that that didn't click with me. And I mean, those kinds of games have been around for a long time. I think of Hunting Ground um, or I want to say it was D or D3 or something. There's all these games for the PlayStation and early PC, like Clock Tower that I think are very similar where there's this unstoppable force chasing you and you're defenseless against right. it you just have to hide and i don't know i think part of it is i feel so so powerless that that anxiety almost feels useless my anxiety usually like allows me to fight back and allows me to like you know do something to to protect myself but when you're like no 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 i'm going to take that away from you then my anxiety is just getting in my way because then i'm freaking out being like can i hide under this bed can i hide in this closet so yeah so yeah i i do feel like i should give those another shot because my anxiety has been a lot but a lot better recently but when my anxiety is high i cannot handle the run and hide can't fight back games Mm -hmm. um what about like horror game memories you know something like do we do we i i have one that i i want to share i don't know if
1: yeah honestly i was kind of struggling to think of like a standout memory um one of the things though and i can't remember if it was when i was playing the forest with you or when i was playing the forest Mm -hmm. with my brother but the whole like spider leg creature thing
0: i don't think i saw that
1: okay this fucker so like in the forest (laughs) you i mean it's a survival game but it's also horror and so you crash land and you're trying to, like, find your son and um, there's different locations you have to, like, explore if you want to advance the narrative and pick up equipment and shit like that. And so we had started building this, like, cabin um, on a hill, and our first mistake was that we chose like a clearing, and we were thinking like, oh well, we'll be able to see the baddies
0: as they approach. I think this was me. Now that I think about it, it's all coming back to me. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, and like that's a fine plan, but that means they can also very easily see you, <laughs> and so we're like really invested in building this like solid cabin, mm-hmm. right? And like we're running out of time, and then the the like longer you stay in an area the more like uh, raids will occur Mm -hmm. and then eventually like the big mama came out and she like fucked up our shit and like i just remember screaming (laughs)
0: because it was so
1: horrifying
0: wasn't she or like maybe her little minions like little baby heads or something that's what um
1: there was something weird like that uh but it was just it came out of nowhere, so to speak. Like because yes, there were like the smaller raiding parties, but I hadn't seen that before. Um, yeah, it fucked us up.
0: Yeah, I. That's one of those things where I'm like, I'm so glad that I didn't know anything about that game going in. I remember yeah. I heard about it, seen people like chatting about it, but it seemed, you know, it's like it's a survival type of game. Um, and you were like, "Will you play this game with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." You know, I'm done. I think you actually bought it for me. I think you like manipulate yeah. you were like well now you, we you have any <laughs> you don't have I had any to manipulate <laughs> my one
1: friend joey Cronwell.
0: <laughs> that's right um and so we we were playing it and i again i didn't really know i don't like, i'm like okay it's a scary game so there's probably like bad guys or something but i thought it was like nature and maybe some like you know random wilderness murderers right. kind of thing and then we started seeing things but we weren't sure we were like did, did you see that i think I couldn't tell what that was. And then we were trying, like you said, to build this cabin and we were really determined. We're like, let's just get wood. Let's just make this as sturdy as we can. And we got close. I want to say we had like three Mm -hmm. walls and like windows and stuff. And then I I don't remember exactly. It's been a while. I don't remember exactly what they were, but I swear they were like little baby heads with spider legs or something or little faces. I don't know, but they were. It was not what I expected at all. So that made it super creepy.
1: <laughs> the I haven't checked for like an update on the next one, but the trailer made it look really fucked up. So I don't know. That might be a I watched that on Twitch game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had one small memory that popped into my head. Um, every time we play Phasmophobia and we are in that one spot in the high school I think about our friend Ron dying. <laughs> that was early in the early days. That corner yeah. is marred for me in the high school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it was it second floor? Second floor. Like toward the front of the school? I think so, yeah. Yeah, my student just died there when we were when I was playing with my student. It's the yeah. spot,
1: man. Yep.
0: Yeah, it is uh he was wasn't he mad at us? Wasn't he like, thanks guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> But you just run. There's you can't defend. Like it's what not do like I can like protect you against the ghost. It's like yeah,
1: yeah. take um, me.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, well let's. I want to talk about phasmophobia. I'm gonna. I'll go back to my memory in a minute. But phasmophobia is probably the scariest game. We're gonna talk about about a lot of games. I've played a lot of horror games. Um, not as much as Twitch. I think people will look at a Twitch streamer and be like, "Well, you haven't played a lot compared to this person." And again, that person literally. Yeah, whatever makes a living playing video games for 12 hours yeah. i would love to do that i would play a ton more games but i've played a lot and something like outlast is again more anxiety inducing and not necessarily scary to me i wouldn't call it scary i maybe maybe people would argue that anxiety and, and fear same thing but for me no fear is something deeper and more like unnerving and like irrational you know what I mean? Like in Outlast, it's rational. It's If that thing catches me, I'm dead. But in in Phasmophobia, so much of my fear is like before the ghost even hunts. You know what I mean? I'm like, we go in and it's quiet and every house is very dark. So we've talked about it before, but Phasmophobia is a ghost hunting game where you and up to four or th- three friends, so four people total, take little devices and you go into an abandoned, not an abandoned house, but like a house or a high school or an asylum or a prison that's been, that's empty and you have to find the ghost. So they, there's certain markers that these different ghosts leave behind. Um, like one of them might leave like fingerprints behind, and it might be really cold, like freezing temperatures in that area. And they might um, speak to you through a spirit box. So you take these things and you try to find the clues and it will hunt and chase you and kill you. And that part is kind of scary, like outlast a bit, but in a way it's scary cause you can't see it most of the time. It's not like outlast where there's this very cliche stereotyped, you know, quote unquote maniac chasing you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't know where it is. You don't really know how to defend yourself. And especially early on, we didn't know how, like what a lot of the stuff did. We were like, well, how does this, how does this crucifix work? How does this incense work? Um, and so we died a bunch, but like part but beyond the hunting part, it's just the atmosphere. It's going into this house. When you step in through the threshold, there's this low hum in the house that's probably like supposed to be like the AC or the air system. And so it's just like this like sound. And then you and your teammates are just walking around and you can hear them in the distance like talking to the ghost and being like, where are you? And like, can we help you? And it's just so quiet. And then you hear like a door creak. And that's what makes me, and I know that it's irrational, it's illogical, because I'm like, it's a video game, it's not real, nothing's gonna hurt me, but I feel this, like, I feel myself, you know, my my breathing starts slowing down, and I start getting kind of jumpy in real life, like, my cat loves to open cabinets when she's, she wants attention, so I'll be, like, sitting here in the complete dark with the red lights over my head, and then I'll hear, like, in real life, like, this cabinet, I'm like... Bella. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Phasmophobia, and we still are playing it now. And I do think that it's different, but, but how, tell me about what you would like, what do you like about that? I know we both love it a lot. So,
1: about Phasmophobia? Yeah. I, one, I love that it's a social experience. Yeah. So, like, you and I play quite a bit. Uh, we've played with Ron, um, We've been playing with uh, with Taylor a little bit. and so it's fun to experience it with other people, especially if they're newer to it because yeah. then you get like those reactions, which is a nice little sort of like, I don't know reminiscent callback to our early days yeah. of like, oh, I remember the first time I shit my pants <laughs> like you know. Um, but there's just there's something okay, on one level, it's a very simple game. It's predictable. You go in. You got to collect stuff, evidence. Hopefully you get out, you get in the truck and you leave, right? <laughs> and so there's there's comfort in the cycle to me. Yeah. Whereas with other horror games, especially if they're like more open-worldy or like narrative-driven, I don't necessarily know what's coming next. I might not be able to like predict the patterns. And sometimes that uncertainty is what causes so much like fear and anxiety in me. Yeah. And I do get scared at Phasmophobia But it's not a constant fear. Like, I think when we, especially when we go into, like, the prison map or high school or the asylum, I do have, like, this sort of underlying tension Uh because it's like, okay, I know this fucker's in here somewhere. Where's it going to show up? Is it going to, like whisper in my ear, is it gonna slam a door in my face? So there's like that trepidation, that anxiety of like what's to come, but you don't know fucking when. So there's this underlying like it's tension. It's always there. And then there are legitimate moments where I like it's like it's too much. I gotta go to the truck. I'm heading to the exit. Like (laughs) (laughs) and so there's a comfort in the pattern, but then there's a nice balanced mix of uncertainty and tension. And so I'll have moments of panic and that emotion kind of spikes and then it goes back down and it levels out. That feels nice to me because there's something fun about being scared. Yeah. But it's not too constant. Right. It's not too intense or over the top. And so I don't know how else to put it. I think I'd have to think more about my wording, but there's a very nice mix of that, of all that stuff for me. Um, And so then you add that into the social element. And then, like, you and I were talking earlier about, like, our setups and it's being spooky season. It's going to be October. Like, there's just a nice atmosphere with the game that kind of fits in with all of my um, expectations for spooky season.
0: I do wish that we could go back because uh, I there are moments, <laughs> like you said, where I'll get really scared. Um, but it's not the same kind of, like, in the past, as soon as we walked in the house, I felt that, that tightness in my yeah. chest a little bit of, like we don't know what's going to happen because there was so much that we didn't know. And we had a moment with Taylor. So you you brought her up. So I don't, I was like, I don't know if I should bring her up, but you had a moment (laughs) with Taylor that I loved so much. So like you said, it's a social experience and everyone and everyone experiences it differently and everyone manifests their nervousness differently. Mm -hmm. And Taylor is very talkative. And she said as much at some point, she was like, yeah, when I get really like scared or nervous, I talk. And so we're going and she's talking through a lot of like what she's doing and what she's seeing and stuff. And so she's talking, and so I started to get, we, we this was only, I think, the second time we'd played with her, mm-hmm. and so I don't I don't know her personally, you do, I only know her through the game, so I'm trying to get a good sense of, like, how she's taking the game, and I started to feel like she wasn't all that scared, because she's talking and making jokes and stuff.
1: Right. And then we were both
0: <laughs> upstairs in the high school, and she's in this classroom, and we were pretty sure the ghost was in there, we're not positive, and the ghost just appears and starts walking toward her in these big, heavy footsteps, doof, doof. And she's like, oh, it's here. It's here. (laughs) And you could hear her. She was so terrified. And I was like, yes, I feed on the fear. Like, that's (laughs) my that's my that's my my drug. I want it. Um, But because that's what I love. I love those moments that you just suddenly. And I don't remember if I shared this story already, but when I was playing with one of my students, um, the spirit box is one of the things that's very hard to kind of get right. Because there's like kind of an approved list of things that you have to ask it. But when you don't know that, as we didn't, we would just sort of ask it random stuff like, you know, can we help you? Like, which is, I think that's one of the questions you can ask. But when you don't know, you're just talking into it. And if you've never gotten a response, you don't really know how scary it is or what it sounds like. And especially now, because of the update when they added these voices, it can sound really scary. And so my my student, I was playing with her and she was... Determined to try to get it to work, and determined to try to get a response, and so we were in the new house, um, Willow Street Willow house, Street? I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was. um She's like, oh, "I'll take the spirit box." I, I think everyone doesn't want to take the spirit box because it's very scary. But she's like, "Oh, I'll mm-hmm. take it. I'll see if I can get a response." So we're walking around, and we go in the basement, and we had it on intermediate. So if you go, if you have okay. it on amateur or intermediate, it will tell you if you have to be alone or uh, if the have have to be alone to talk to the ghost or if it'll talk with people and it said alone so we were both in the basement and she's using the spirit box and I was like oh it said it said you have to be alone so let me let me go upstairs so I go upstairs and I'm standing at the top of the stairs and she's down there and I hear her and it's all in game so I hear her through the right. proximity so it's kind of far away but I hear her like hello are you there and then she's like where are you and I I hear it from the top of the stairs <laughs> stairs like right behind you and she's like it said something it said something and she's there it's running upstairs and she's like I was like did it what did it say and she's like I don't know it was gibberish <laughs> but I love those moments because they're they get fewer and far be, more far between the the longer you play it but we do still have them like we had one the other day. Oh. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. the basketballs in the high school. We were in the high school. Oh,
1: my God.
0: And this is, so that's one of the things I do love is we played hours of this. I think we're both somewhere near 200 hours. Mm -hmm. And so we played a lot of it. But there are still things that will surprise us. We were in the high school. We're trying a new strategy where we don't open any doors and, like, just see if the ghost will open them and that kind of thing. And so we're going through and just talking to it. And then suddenly I heard something and it sounded like something knocking against something. And I'm like, was that you? And you're like, no, I'm on the other side of the high school. And I'm like, oh. And then I'm trying to think, I'm like, what would what, what that sound be? It didn't sound like a door. It didn't sound like water. And it didn't sound like something being thrown, which would be normal because it was repeating. It was like, don't, don't, don't. And so I'm like, oh, maybe it's that old glitch that we used to run into where the Ouija board would get stuck in the environment and like knock around. And so I'm like walking up the stairs, and I heard it again. And I'm like, what is that sound? And I see a basketball rolling, like bouncing down the stairs. And I was like, was that you? And you're like, I'm still on the other side of this because it's not me. I'm on the other side of the school. And I'm like, there is a basketball bouncing down the stairs. And you're like, hold on. And you come down and another one bounced down the stairs right in front of us. Like, and the ghost wasn't even there. That's the, that's one of the scariest parts was it was all the way across the school.
1: There were three, right? Yeah, yep. it was it was fucking weird. Yeah, and that, I... <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that unsettles you, right? Yeah, and if it happened all the time, it would lose that effect. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we've played for nearly two hundred hours, and that's the first time we'd seen that exact thing. Yeah, so it's got to be such an interesting balance on the development end to like program these events, mm-hmm. but they can't be too frequent. Yeah, it's like um we had we had another uh, incident where we had been going in and out of one of the street houses and. All of a sudden, there was like, was it a bunny or the teddy bear? It was a
0: little, yeah, a little in bunny. In the
1: hallway? Yep. Freaked me the fuck out. No, thank you. I'm going to the truck.
0: <laughs> and then the mannequin, too. There was a mannequin in the basement oh. of Willow Street House, and it was one of the first times we were playing that map, and I started to go downstairs, and there was this, it's not a mannequin, it's like a a dress thing. It's the thing that you put like a dress on to to tailor it. Um, so it's not quite a full mannequin, but it's like this abdomen on yeah. a stand and it was at the bottom of the stairs like right at the, and i was like how like i was and then i was like did i, I maybe i didn't re- realize it was already there and like you said it's so infrequent that i think when you tell people they they kind of don't believe you they're like well, i don't know yeah. i've never seen that you know so um yeah so maybe we've talked enough about that game but it's it's spooky <laughs> it's one of my favorite But there's games. a reason why
1: we keep coming yeah. back to
0: it. Um so my almost like origin story for horror video games it goes back to when I was probably like six or seven years old with the yeah. original Nightmare on Elm Street game for the NES. I I need to provide some context. I love the, I, I Nightmare on Elm Street. I love that series. I grew up with it. My parents brought me and my sisters to a drive-in movie to see some kids movie when I was like two or three years old. And It was when the first movie came out and it was like a double feature. So they showed like a kid's movie and then they showed Nightmare on Elm Street. And my mom tells the story about us finishing the kid's movie. And then we got in line to drive out because it was a drive-in because this is back in 1943. And I'm just kidding. Obviously, It was in the 80s. There weren't a lot of drive-ins. But anyways, so we get in line to leave and everyone's pulling out. It was like this mass exodus. And the movie starts playing and it gets to the scene because it takes a while. It took a while to get because of traffic and everything. It took a while to get everyone out. It gets to the scene early in the movie where um, uh, Tina, one of the main characters, gets killed by Freddy and gets like dragged up the wall, which is at the time was like a special effects feat. Mm-hmm. And my mom says that the car started peeling out of line and going back to watch it. And they were one of them. Um, Because I think she said that, like, we, us kids were, like, sleeping, so they were like, well, we can watch it. But it became, like, a staple of our family. We then rented it on home, like, on VHS at home, and I remember watching that and watching all the sequels. And on the one hand, I loved them because I loved the character of Freddy's kind of silly. On the other hand, I was terrified. I would have nightmares of Freddy all the (laughs) time. For years, I'd have these nightmares. And so I was really little, and I went and rented A Nightmare on Elm Street, the video game for the NES, and again, on one hand, I was excited because it's Nightmare on Elm Street and you get to be like this like dream warrior kind of character in there where you get these different powers and you fight Freddy. And it's for up to four people, which is amazing, I think, for the time. Not not a lot of games were like that. And we had this like upstairs room where our, the Nintendo was hooked up to this little TV. And there was this window in the wall. But it's like the it was upstairs. So the, the ceilings were pointed. So it's it's a one of those rooms with the weird kind of like angles and everything. So it feels kind of off. Mm-hmm. And I remember going up there by myself and I was a little nervous to play because I'm a little kid. So I'm like thinking irrationally, right? I'm thinking, what if this is like a movie where like Freddie can tell that I'm playing and he like comes out of the game to kill me. And then I'm like, that's stupid. You're, you're being an idiot. Come on, grow up. You're seven years old already or whatever, however old I was. <laughs> wow, <laughs> kid. <laughs> be an adult you're almost eight years old um and so I sit down to play it and I turn it on and this music starts and it's like and it's like this version of the Nightmare on Elm Street music and Freddy's face pops up and I'm like okay it's a video game but damn he that's pretty scary and I'm like what again like what if he can see me like he's looking right at me and I'm like this is so it's so stupid so I start playing the game And the game is kind of silly. The game doesn't seem... It's not all that scary. There's like bats and stuff. And it's kind of an action platformer. So you're running and jumping and punching stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, not scary. And then at a certain point, your sleep meter starts running out. And if it runs out completely, you fall asleep. And then you're in the dream world. And things are more creepy. Things are like... There's like Freddy heads on legs and stuff like that. And so then I'm getting a little bit more creeped out. And then... I hear ding, 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 which is the one, two, Freddy's coming for you song in the game. And I was terrified. I was so scared because I'm like, Freddy's coming. And so then that's what it says it's on the screen. It's like Freddy's coming. And then you're just in this little area with Freddy and there's this little Freddy arms popping up trying to grab you. And he's just running around, jumping and swiping. And again, it's very silly. Right. I was terrified. I turned my machine off right away and I ran downstairs and I was like, I'm not playing that again. And so then I was like, later I felt kind of guilty because renting a movie was kind of a big deal back then. Like, you know, for our family anyways, like if you rented a game, that was like your game for the week. Like you weren't going to get another game. So we didn't get a lot of rentals and it was just a rental. So we only had it for a few days. So I'm like, okay, you know what? You're being, you're being an idiot. Like, you know, Freddy's not real. Like, you know, grandma told you he's a fake character. You're fine. (laughs) So make it make, you know, you don't want to have to return this and not have played it. So give it another shot. So I go upstairs and there's still a little bit of a sense of kind of unease, but I'm like, no, you're being an idiot. So I turn it on. And as soon as I turn it on and the Freddy face pops up, I'm like, nope, he can see me. I shut it off and ran downstairs again. (laughs) Didn't fucking touch it again. I had to rent it like much, much later when I was like 10 years old or something. But
1: oh, full 10 years. Mm. But man.
0: (laughs) But it's it's stupid. But yeah, I was terrified of just the idea of Freddy being able. And I think it's kind of the same thing with phasmophobia. It's the same kind of fear, because I logically I know even at the time being however old I was, I knew that Freddy wasn't real. I knew that he couldn't come through right. the game. With phasmophobia, I know that ghosts aren't real. I know that they're not going to come through the game and haunt my house for real. But yesterday we had played. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday, right? Yeah. And then we finish, and we're, we're, I'm like leaving you these messages on Marco Polo and I keep looking over my shoulder cause I'm like, I think I, did I hear something? I think I heard something in my kitchen and I kept doing that and I think it's that irrational part, but I love that. I love being like a highly rational person and yet there's something inside of me that's like terrified of, but what if, like, but what if that ghost did come through your, right. your TV? But yeah, that was that was fun. Um, what are some of your other favorite horror games? Um,
1: let me think so. Obviously, we've we've talked phasmophobia to death. <laughs> See what I did that. <laughs> um, limit, limit. Look at my list. Until dawn is really up there for yeah. me. Yeah. Like I love the cheesy '80s kind of horror vibe. So that's like. Definitely top 10. Um, I loved watching Alan Wake. I haven't played it. I plan to win the... Is it a remaster?
0: Yeah, I think it's just a remaster.
1: Just a remaster? I think so, yeah. Um, I plan on on playing that. Uh, The first Last of Us. Yeah. Fucking amazing game. I mean, everyone knows that, right? Um, I've enjoyed playing the dark pictures anthology when's the release date for the, the
0: i think that's also. october too isn't it not it october it's 12th be, right? or something like that i think so yeah
1: so i'm gonna play that um even though i don't think i won the bid in the, the <laughs> yeah, <game. laughs> that's right can't touch it um as much as dying light scared the shit out of me i really liked it yeah and that's why i have hopes for the the other one but um I don't know. Beyond that, I just I've, wa- I've watched so many horror games being played on either YouTube or Twitch because uh, like I even watched um, Five Nights at Freddy's, mm-hmm. like the first one, not like number 14 or whatever the fuck they're on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like watching a wide variety of horror games being played. Uh Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know if I have, like, a top three dedicated, like, these are my top three horror games, you know? Right.
0: I love that you brought up Until Dawn, though, because that was a surprise for both of us, I think. I Mm -hmm. think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I played it first, and I don't remember. I think it was just because I love horror. And then I think, didn't I recommend it to you? I was like, I didn't want to tell you anything about it. I was just like, I know you like horror. Yeah, I can't remember. But I think I remember us both being excited about it. So... Yeah. Um... I yeah I love that game. Like you said, I love horror. I love horror movies. I love slashers, Mm -hmm. and that game at least, by appearances, no spoilers, is a slasher. It's a traditional slasher. All these teenagers go to the this cabin in the woods. Spooky stuff starts happening. One of them disappears. Like it is. It was very cool, and I had all this Hollywood talent: Rami Malek, um, Hayden Panettiere. I think that's how you say her name. Um
1: and also it looks it like it plays like a movie. Yeah. And it looks the part <laughs> and so all of that stuff combined like make for such an excellent game. And that's why it makes me sad the the dark picture uh, anthology is not quite at that level. Yeah. But it's like okay well if I'm not going to get a dying light 2 then I guess this
0: will do. <laughs> Yeah, I I would say until dawn. In my experience, is the I'm sorry until dawn. Yeah. Oh oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Until dawn is the closest that you can get to a playable horror movie, and if you love horror, especially again like classic like slashers, Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it and it's that thing where it's a blend of like cheesy. But scary. It is definitely cheesy. There's definitely some tongue-in-cheek stuff. I've seen some people criticize it for that reason and say, oh, the writing is, the dialogue is cheesy. And that everything. was intentional, like, though. Exactly. I yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I think it was very self-aware. The graphics are amazing. But it also did that thing to me where, like, even though it's not the same kind of super spooky game, it's that mix mm-hmm. of atmosphere And I remember at the time I was living in DeKalb. Um, I'm living in Sycamore, Illinois now. I was living in DeKalb, which is a little bit more, uh, it's not urban, but it's a little bit more, there's, you know, more well populated. But um, where I was living at the time was these apartments that were on campus, but they bordered, like backed up to these cornfields. And I used to run in these cornfields. And these cornfields, the university built these streets full on with like streets and mediums and sidewalk and streetlights, but they didn't build anything out there. So I'm like, damn, this is the perfect place to go running. So I would run there at night. I was, I'm a night runner. So I'm running at like midnight, one o'clock. And I had just gotten done with this long stretch. This is like this big four or five hour stretch of until dawn. And I leave my, my apartment and it's midnight and there's no one out and it's very creepy. And I'm running on these like ghost streets with no buildings or traffic or anything and i swear i kept seeing things in the corn <laughs> again i didn't actually believe it but i i couldn't help it i would be running and then i would sort of jump a little bit cuz i'm like i i think i just saw was that something in the corn and it's like what the hell is going to be in the corn it's not going to be a killer you know what i mean it's again Maybe totally, a coyote or a
1: raccoon or right, something right
0: and i did have an encounter with a coyote but that's time story for a different time <laughs> but i couldn't help it like the corn was so creepy i pulled one of my earbuds out cuz i had earbuds in Because I'm like, I need to be aware. I need if someone's going to kill me, and again, totally someone's going to kill me. I
1: want (laughs) to (laughs) know. I want
0: to know the second before. Um, But that was corn is fucking
1: creepy, though it is. I mean, there's a reason why corn mazes work so well,
0: (laughs) right? And and that's is setting for so much so much horror. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Outlast Two takes place in in like a farm when there's corn, and I think that was in the trailer. That's part of what appealed to me. I want to talk about a little game though called. The Exorcist Legion VR because Ooh. I played it and I had you play. It. You don't remember? You sound surprised I'm there.
1: Blanking. So it's well, for the we'll PSVR. It, back to me. Yeah, it's yeah. for the
0: PSVR, and it's based on the Exorcist universe. And basically, it's kind of an, an investigative game. So you load into an area, and then you've gotten reports. You know, it's kind of like Phasmophobia. You've gotten reports mm-hmm. that supernatural stuff has happened. And the first level takes place in a church. And so you start out and there are like some pews that are kind of askew. And there's like this statue with like blood on it. And there's a dead priest in one of the confession booths. And then you have to kind of go around, move around the area and go into the uh, the priest's office and look around for uh, like clues. And you hear things as you're doing it. Everything is dead silent. And again, this is VR. So it's first person. Mm-hmm. But you hear things and you'll hear something shuffle slightly and you'll spin around and you're like, did that pew move? I swear that pew wasn't at that angle or like, is that statue there before? And you can't really tell because it doesn't seem like that kind of game. It seems like a game that's based in reality, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you find anything, it's going to be and you don't expect things to get that creepy that early. Um But one of the most terrifying things about it to me was the sound of the demon, because after a few hints and a few things and you start moving back to the church part of the area, like the the inner sanctum or not inner sanctum, that's stupid, like the main area where the congregation would be. um, And it's this big, dark area. Then things start getting a little more obvious and you'll go in and it's like you can tell things are different. But you hear if you've if you watch the Exorcist movies, the demon makes this sound. I don't know if it's in all of them, but this like low growl and you hear that in the darkness. And it's like and it's so fucking scary. (laughs) Again, these these VR games we play through the Paranormal Activity VR game, too, with our friend Rizal. Um, But it's very, very scary. But like that. I, I almost took the headset off cuz I was like I had headphones <laughs> on like they you know sound yeah. canceling headphones and everything and that sound of like the darkness and like oh, I was oh man that's it's just a fucking that nope shook me. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> That reminds me um I have another game uh cuz you mentioned VR Arizona Sunshine Oh yeah Zombie shoot 'em up um when you're like above ground I didn't find it quite as scary, but when you go into the mines and it's dark and you, like, have to hold up the flashlight and, like, look through the darkness. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, that that got to me. I, I did play through all of that, and I definitely recommend that. That's always on my list of, like, top 10 VR games you should try. Um, but de- I would definitely add that to the list.
0: I was playing with my sister and my niece and even in the sunshine though, like I felt like it probably wasn't scary to them at first because they would like load in and Mm -hmm. be kind of joking around and stuff. But as soon as those zombies start coming at you in VR and they're running and you can't hit your shot because you're nervous (laughs) and flailing and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They were, they were scared. They were screaming. It was very, it was very fun. It's Um, an
1: interesting case where sunshine, usually we feel safe. It's joyful. It's
0: late. Yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. I speaking of VR Resident Evil 7 was in VR and we both tried that and I think number one it made me a little sick that's why I wasn't able to finish it, it in VR did. It, did. it was early in our VR experience too though yeah. but I that opening segment where you go to the house and actually the demo and the demo too you go to the house and you're following this like film crew and it's all very empty and it's this big old empty house it reminded me a lot of the like, contemporary indie horror games, you know? Resident Evil wasn't really that kind of game where you're going to, like, an old farmhouse with a film crew and, like, checking things out. Right. Um, so the demo, which ended up which ended up in the game as a playable segment, um, seemed very much like contemporary horror, and Resident Evil 7 was their attempt to kind of modernize the series, which I think they did really well. So I wouldn't... I would be remiss if I didn't visit revisit my love for the resident evil series i still love it i thought village was
1: mm-hmm.
0: was amazing i love but i love resident evil 7 because it was more atmospheric than the previous few entries and being in this big scary house with you know boarded up windows and weird doors and stuff like that that stuff to me is the scary and creepy part of that those kinds of games rather oh, yeah. than like this weird big big like oil slick monster kind of thing Right. Um, yeah,
1: if it's dilapidated, somewhat yeah. isolated, like give me that shit as I said on the couch and watch you play. And it
0: and, and I want it to feel lived in. I want it to feel like there was a family here. Maybe we don't know what happened to the family or maybe the family is mm-hmm. trying to kill me. But it, if it's just a house with like a bunch of furniture and I feel like that, you know, some of the the cheaper um indie horror games and it's probably a matter of time and resources. Yeah. They don't have that. They don't have areas that feel lived in because it takes a lot of time to add environmental details like that. So, um, but I do look for, I think a lot of them are learning though, because I see a lot of indie horror film or indie horror games now that are, that are starting to realize, or maybe take the time or hire more people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that. I should also mention, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, it's got to be difficult to do it quote unquote, right. Yeah. To really capture the environmental aspects that will truly be unsettling or spooky
0: yeah we we should also mention i feel like people if they've listened this far are angry that we haven't mentioned pt (laughs) and before that i'll just bring up silent hill um i loved silent hill 2 but that's the only silent hill i've played all the way through i didn't love silent hill 1 because at the time the fog thing didn't really catch me It didn't seem all that creepy it seemed more kind of annoying and it was very I'm not sure if
1: i've seen anyone play
0: those games i i want to say i mean you like watching people play games i think it would be worth watching silent hill 2 i think most people agree that that's the best or okay. the most most silent hilly of them i mean it's where pyramid head was introduced um the famous character but i i I did like that game because that game and that series gives you the false impression that you can defend yourself. It'll give you a knife or a pipe or a gun with limited ammo, but it's not like Resident Evil where you can fight back, but you have to really manage your resources to be able to keep that up. It's like... You can try to fight back, but you don't have. You truly do not have enough ammo. Like you can use this to take out maybe a few enemies, but you're gonna have to learn how to avoid and to hide and to. Or like when you when I ran into Pyramid Head, I played the game when it came out, so I didn't know that you couldn't kill Pyramid Head. So I was had such limited ammo that I had saved. I wasted almost all of it trying to kill this motherfucker, and I couldn't. (sighs) And then I had to run out of the room and run away and I was out of ammo now and I'm defenseless and this motherfucker kills you in one hit. And it was so scary. Um, But I also love that there are like multiple endings to that game. And I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's just a really interesting progression in environment going from this like town that's like empty and abandoned and you're trying to find your wife and then you start getting further into the town. And there's Mm -hmm. some really cool set pieces that happen um, and that's those are the set pieces that people refer to in Resident Evil Village that they said that there's a certain house in Resident Evil Village that's highly influenced by um, right. Silent Hill and P.T., and I would agree. But I think that's for the best because I think that those are some really creep, creepy set pieces. But I do love, like there's one ending in particular that I remember. You can pick up a like a knife, like a kitchen knife at some point, and okay. you can't really do much for it. I mean, you can pick up all these different things in the game. You can't really do much with it. But it's one of those things where you pick it up and you're not sure what it's for. And if you look at it in your inventory a certain number of times, I don't remember how many times, the end of the game is you killing yourself because the game is reading it as you're suicidal because you keep looking at this knife, right? You're like, Holy shit. At it. I know. It's so. I, wow. I like that kind of stuff where it's like, it's taking into account how Very you're. Very weird, playing though. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about PT? I don't remember. Did you end up... Did you play that before they pulled it out of the store? I did not. Oh, man. And
1: I wish I had it on my my PS4, but I
0: don't. Same. I had it, and <laughs> I had an issue. I think I've gone over this in the past, and I um, called, and they told me to do a factory reset, and I was like, are you sure? And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I did. And it didn't fix my problem, but it sure got PT off my system, and I couldn't get it back. So... Very sad about that, but have you watched people play it? Yeah. Okay. Cause this is a game that people many people say is the scariest game of all time. Um mm-hmm. I think it's up there. It is incredibly creepy. Um but what was your experience with it? Did you when you watched people Honestly,
1: play it, it's been so long that I don't feel like I have specifics. I just remember being like on edge constantly.
0: Because it's that atmospheric thing, you know, like, and and what I love about it is that you're in the same, again, like the Resident Evil examples, you're in the same environment. It's just things are slightly changing. And some of it, you're not sure if it's really changing or if it's just you. You're like, am I imagining it because I'm scared?
1: Well, isn't that kind of relatable in a weird way?
0: I mean, if you
1: were in your home and you're like, I didn't leave my mic like that, did I? Right. But you're not sure, Yeah. right? And some of the most disturbing, like, um, true crime stories that I've read are ones where, like, the the killer or whatever would go into the homes and just, like, leave something out. Yeah. Like, mess with little things just to, like, get into people's heads. And, mm-hmm. like, to do that in a horror video game, I think, is really
0: smart. Gaslighting is a huge part of horror films, like... You always have these char- these characters who are like something is happening. There's a there's a ghost or there's a whatever, and people being like, "No, you're just crazy. You're you don't know you're you're just are you tired. feeling okay? Exactly. Are you stressed for
1: something at home?
0: Right? And when the game makes you do that to yourself, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, Dan that's a does a master move. Like, yep. you're like, no, I'm just paranoid. I'm just this, and I think PT does that super well. Um, and again, there's a lot about sound there's a baby crying, you don't know where that's coming from. There's like a sound of a thump of like something like a wet, like body bag or something slamming against something. Um, And I think part of the, the best part of the experience was that it was this weird social thing, because even though you're playing by yourself, they didn't release any information with it, and so people didn't know how to beat it. They didn't really even know how to play it. They were like, "Am I doing this right? How do I advance to the next area?" People were sharing stories. They're like, "I got to the next area." They're like, "What did you do?" And they're like, "I don't know. I was just walking around checking stuff out." And then when hilarious. I went through the door, I was in the, the new, you know, iteration of the area, and there were all these little things that like would come out much later of people like, "Oh, I discovered this. I discovered that," and um, I'm super sad to this day that you know the whole Hideo Kojima and Konami thing fell apart and I think I don't know I know there's some debate about whether or not the game would have been anything like that demo Mm -hmm. but seeing what he did from scratch with Death Stranding tells me that it would have been cool regardless of whether it was like the oh yeah the demo or not so um, I would also be remiss I think if I didn't mention Eternal Darkness it wasn't quite as like spooky scary but it did have the sanity meter where um the more you were exposed to some of like the supernatural elements in the game like if you got into a conflict and you had to run away or fight something really scary you would lose some sanity and the lower your sanity meter got the more your character and you ostensibly would hallucinate and so you might the screen might start tilting slightly or like your health meter might drain And you're like, what? Why is my health meter draining? Or like it would like not be noticeable or something. Um, At one point, the volume, there's like a volume animation at the bottom of the screen that looks like your volume gets turned all the way down and the game goes silent. And so it starts doing all this meta stuff um, where it'll be like one one of my favorites because some of it, like you kind of knew that about the sanity meter because of, you know, reading previews and stuff like that. Um, But you didn't really know how it manifested itself. And so at one point... I knew my sanity meter was low. I I was kind of watching for things to happen. Um, But then it drops me into this room and these enemies start coming at me. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to run because my sanity is already really low. And it says controller unplugged. And so my characters just standing there. And I'm like, what are you? What? And then the enemies start killing me. (gasps) And I'm like, I'm plugging and plugging my controller back in. I'm like, this game is fucking. What are you doing? And they killed me. But then. I snap back to reality and I'm alive again and it's it's fine. It just made me panic momentarily because I'm quote unquote hallucinating. And
1: what a fucking move.
0: Yeah, and that's why I want them to make a new one. I really think that they could do cool things with the new switch technology and H D mm-hmm. Rumble and all that kind of stuff. The touchpad. There's so many new ways that you can integrate this new technology into that that, you know, bizarre experience of fake hallucinating or whatever. So Hopefully we'll see something. Um Are we missing anything? Do we want to add any thoughts? Any final games that we want to throw Um, on the list?
1: I can't really think of any other games. The only thing that I was gonna say, and I should have mentioned this back when you were asking me like what kinds of games are you like do you like to play or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um one of the reasons why I'm, in my view, unable to play so many horror games, is because of the stealth element i hate stealth games generally speaking (laughs) i don't have the patience or i don't care to develop the patience to be able to play them successfully and so then i get very frustrated yeah so that automatically takes so many horror games just like off of my potential list of playing i'll watch them but i won't play them
0: (laughs) i think it changes the way we play phasmophobia too because when i try to play phasmophobia by myself Mm-hmm. I'm so impatient. I'm like, I just gotta get in and put the stuff down and get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I when it's a social experience, when I'm playing with like you or Ron or, you know, whoever, it's more I'm like, more about, well, I want to make sure everyone's doing something and everyone's kind of on top mm-hmm. of it and I'm not so worried about the pacing of it. But yeah, I think you're right. I think there are certain games when you're playing by yourself, there's like almost more of a tension that you create within yourself because it's like an impatience of like well, right. now I have to be stealthy yeah. and all that. I want to get to the thing. Yeah. I I should also mention Castlevania. I don't know that it's like spooky, but when I was a kid, having a horror game that leans into so many classic horror, you know, st- archetypes and stereotypes and like tropes, like there's flying Medusa heads and there's the zombies and there's Dracula and there's, you know, bats and everything. I think that if you like horror, it's hard not to like the Castlevania series just because it's. You're in a big spooky castle. It's like it's really classic horror. So I also do love the game, although there's a there's a great many of them. So I have not even played half of them. But <laughs> I do have good memories with that series. But um, but yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. I'm I'm so hyped for Halloween and like spooky. Oh, season yeah. and just Talking about these games, I'm like, oh, I want to get back into some phasmophobia.
1: Yeah, Phasmophobia, and then one of the things I want to do is try to play some of the horror games in um, one of the uh, Itchio bundles that I bought, so, yeah.
0: I think that's going to be, that's something that we're going to do this month, right, is like play Mm -hmm. some small indie horror games and then sort of report on them when you're on the podcast, so look forward to that, everyone. You can reach us on Twitter at Lotherman for myself and at RandomOx for Tab. (laughs) You can email us. I messed up a bunch of times and deleted some stuff, listeners, just so you know. Uh-huh. Um, and you can email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. See, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. But thank you for right. listening. Thank you, Tab, for joining us. Yeah, and thank you. And we will talk to you later. Spooky bye.